Welcome, everyone, to broadcast number one of the show, Inspect Element. This show is put on by members of the Web Development and Design Club, which is also known as the WebD2 Club. My name is Rich. And my name is Tiffany. And this and future broadcasts will be discussing all things related to web development and design. Whether you are thinking of a career in web development, or you just want to pick up a few helpful tidbits for your current career or as a hobby, this broadcast is for you. The topics for today's broadcast will be what the Web D2 Club is all about and how it can help you, Pinterest is launching a new mobile website and how it may affect its costs, the 25th birthday of the World Wide Web is this month, the five types of online data that you should be tracking, Twitter accidentally sends password reset emails, and Apple's CarPlay, integration between your card's dashboard and iOS, plus Project Tango, making smartphones and mobile devices sense the environment like we do. Our first topic is about our very own Web Development and Design Club right here at NWTC, which is also known as the WebD2 Club. It's open to all students on campus, especially for those who are studying to use web development and design as their new careers. Do you like a web developer, like one in the IT web development, like me? Right. Or if they're just incorporating web development and design into their current careers, or if you just like doing it for fun. Why a web development club? Well, first of all, networking. Members get to know and make contacts with others in the web development and design field. Then there's learning and sharing. Our members share situations or opportunities related to the field. There's also our student-driven leadership, which we develop leadership qualities in club members through le leadership opportunities available in the club. We also build nonprofit websites on, on a volunteer basis for some of the nonprofit organizations in the area. The club will also help members to build their own electronic portfolios for when they start their own job searches. The club meets on Tuesdays once every three weeks. Our next meeting is March 25th at 1 p.m. in room BI325 in the Business and Information Building. And don't forget it, people. <laughs> the annual fees are only $5, and the club web's website is named www.webd2club.com. That's www.webd2club.com. Com. And if you're interested in leadership positions, the office of our club vice president is still available. Members are given access to their own personal hosting area for the academic year. Personally, I was able to take advantage of a number of opportunities the club has to offer. I was club president for one year. The club actually sent me to leadership classes and then paid for them out of club funds. I also gained experience setting up and running meetings, and I was also part of setting up and organizing events for the club. Another thing I was able to do for the club was build monitor ads for the WebD2 club events. 
I was able to design and build ads for the campus-wide monitor system. I was able to sharpen my skills with Photoshop and Illustrator. Also, I'm part of the broadcasting of the show Inspect Element, which is what is happening right now. And I'm also broadcasting, too. Oh, I won't forget about you. (laughs) (laughs) I was able to be part of a team that puts together a broadcast, and I also get to spend some time, like right now, in front of a live mic. We're also looking forward to the process of creating podcasts from these broadcasts and making them available on iTunes. So you can listen to them whenever you want. All of these activities and experiences are items that I can add to my resume. Some of the new activities our club is doing this semester is, well, this broadcast on the TC Campus Connection Internet Radio. This is the first of several broadcasts we are planning to do this semester. It's an activity that you can be a part of as a member of the WebD2 club. Uh, we will also be, and also we will be doing the recording of podcasts, like I mentioned earlier, and that's something else you can also be a part of if that's something you're interested in. So come and check out the NWTC WebD2 club. There's a lot of fun and educational things happening here that you could be a part of. And also in the WebD2 club. There is a $5 fee, which is good for the academic year. And onward to Pinterest and mobile websites. So we know Pinterest is creating a new website, a new mobile website, actually. But how will this affect us? Or how will it affect it? However, there's some things you might want to know about the mobile websites. Going mobile doesn't mean more shopping transactions or more registering transactions, which is one thing. And it's more of a way to personalize a customer's shopping experience, if you might want to say, or searching experience, or web viewing experience, however you want to say it. So it just keeps track of what you're doing and then tries to optimize yep. according to those, your habits and needs and that sort of thing and what you get? Yep, that's right. Okay, well, that's kind of that's nice. And right now, there is some statistics I want to tell you about. One of them is of the hundred of organizations surveyed only 22% said that the mobile transactions accounted for more than 20% of their sales. Though that number is up from 16% in 2012, in a similar survey in SP Server conducted a RICE in 2012. The research suggests that unless you're on Amazon or Green Bay, mobile transactions aren't the primary deliverer of the stemming from mobile strategies. So it sounds like they're catching up, though. Definitely. I mean, it's make, the percentages went up in two years. It's went up a whole 6%. So I don't know. That sounds to me like uh, be a force, mobile will be a force to reckon with in, time, in a very short time. Definitely. Interested in digital media, podcasting, and Internet radio? Call us at 920-498-5400. 
NWTC in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and the Digital Media Technology degree and audio production certificate. Be part of the digital media revolution with a Digital Media Technology Associate degree from NWTC. All right. Um, on March 25th of this year, the World Wide Web will celebrate its 25th birthday around the world. Happy birthday, World Wide Web. And how about uh, you're 25 years old, and hopefully you have another good year more. At least. <laughs> 25 years ago, Tim Berners-Lee, a British scientist, first submitted a proposal for a distributed hypertext system that was originally named MeSH. This system was a solution to meet the demand for automatic information sharing between scientists in universities and institutes around the world. After Tim's supervisor read the proposal, his response was, quote, vague but exciting, unquote, and the rest is history. The very first website in the world was dedicated to the World Wide Web project itself. This website was hosted on Tim Berners-Lee's Next Computer, that's spelled NXT, which came, became the world's very first web server. This website was put into the public domain in 1993 and was later released with an open license which allowed it to catch on and flourish into the World Wide Web that we know and love today. In 1993, there were over 500 web servers. Today, there are an estimated 630 million websites online. Queen Elizabeth II knighted Tim Berners-Lee in 2004 for his pioneering work. He is now referred to by many as Sir Tim. Wow. Talk about something cool. The man who made technology just got knighted. Congratulations, Sir Tim. Over the past 25 years, the World Wide Web has come a long way and has become such an integral part of life that anyone under 20 years of age cannot imagine a world without it. All right. Now, for the five types of online data you should be tracking. The first one is funnel analytics, which provides data, which provides data about customers' flow through checkout pages, registration, and other kinds of means. This funnel data will help spe use specialized software to better understand how your customers funnel out some information. And from studying the funnel, you can conduct tests and make changes to forms, buttons, languages, and more. Improving your funnel is one of the chief ways to enhance your website. Don't you wish you had that kind of thing for your car? I know I do, hmm. the way that thing runs. All right. The second thing is on-site engagement analytics. Besides getting to know the people that get to your site, you should understand what they are doing. Like, what are they hovering? What are they looking at? What are they clicking on? Where is their mouse moving? Which would actually make you realize, well, it could help you with navigation issues and such. And identifying which icons are good for usability. You know, I wonder if, if this, if this helps you out and actually helps improve the, how your, system, your uh, website is running, if everybody starts using it, 
Doesn't that kind of cancel everything out? <laughs> Sorry, uh, just, just trying to cause trouble. Oh, well. <laughs> On to the third, the customer analytics, which is usually in a form of a survey or kind of a feedback channel, which obviously the customer says what they like about the website and what could be improved on it. And getting a bit of a customer opinion could be good so that they feel like they're being a part of your website building process. All right, and number four, life cycle analytics is to better understand the best way to communicate with customers, whether it's through email, newsletters, or in-app messaging, or even other media types of media. And depending on your website, maybe you don't. Maybe you want to hear it. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Depends how controversial you are, I guess. Yeah. All right. And the last and probably the most important, marketing analytics. Of course, marketing can have some risks. However, by studying how others market their websites, you can figure out a good roadmap to better to better market your own website. I suppose it's kind of nice to have that because, I don't know, it just seems like sometimes marketing is just kind of mysterious and magical and some people have it and some people don't. This yeah. kind of this would give you an edge. If you just don't seem to have a knack for it, you don't have to. Google will do it for you. True. All right. And that's the five analytics that you should be tracking. Well, on March 3rd, Twitter inadvertently sent thousands of emails to their customers, informing them that their accounts had been compromised. You mean the thing that showed the whale? The, yeah, the thing that showed the whale, yes. <laughs> Due to a system error, the emails were sent from Twitter, informed some of their customers that their Twitter accounts, quote, may have been compromised by a website or service not associated with Twitter, unquote. The email told them to create a new password, saying that Twitter had already reset their login information for their protection. It's kind of a little big brotherish. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention a little scary if you're doing it before your cup of coffee in the morning. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, the next day, Twitter confirmed that those emails were sent accidentally. Quote, we unintentionally sent some password reset notices due to a system error, unquote, said Jim Prosser, a Twitter spokesman. Quote, we apologize to the affected users for the inconvenience, unquote. Yeah, and that was definitely a bit inconvenient. Yeah, talk about scaring the life out of some of your customers. Now, there were many angry Twitter messages that were being sent back forth as a result. Some thought the, that the emails were part of a phishing scam and were warning everybody not to click on the links. Less than 1% of Twitter users, however, were affected. So despite the drama with the accidental emails, there was no system breach and the passwords were not reset. So anyway, so if you were one of those, don't worry about it. All right. And now there's the Apple's new CarPlay, supposedly an integration between your car's dashboard and iOS which is most likely your iPhone. So basically, it's like kind of like a cassette. Well, it goes into your cassette, and you can attach your 
iPhone into this. Basically, you can control with words, touch, or even a twist of a wrist with this thing. Well, basically, there are maps. You can call people, and you don't have to pick up the phone. Basically, Surrey can help you with these things and do all you ask. Then you can see your messages without picking up your phone, all your texts, and obviously listen to music, of course. So the music and people you're talking to over the phone would actually come over your car radio? Yeah. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. But there is some concerns about safety. You know, it seems like they're putting more of touch and convenience over safety. And this is from... This is from CNN that I'm getting this from. And right now that they're very, well, David Tedder says that we're very concerned about it. And the auto industry and the consumer electronics industry are really in arms race to see how we can enable drivers to do stuff other than driving. Yeah, if you're not focused on driving, it might cause some accidents or problems. So it's not an especially hands-free system then? Yeah. Okay, well, that may, may be the part they need to work on. Mm-hmm. Well, you might get it distracted with a phone call or with a text. I mean, it just provides somewhat of a, another distraction to your driving. So I shouldn't bring coffee along with my in the, in the car with me if I'm going to be using that system. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, Google has an interesting product that they're developing called Project Tango. The project aims at making smartphones and other mobile devices sense the environment like we do through the use of 3D cameras, gyroscopes, and other paraphernalia. Wow, that's some good technology. Mm-hmm. You bet. Over the past several years, Google has been collaborating with universities, research labs, and industry for research done in the past 10 years or so of work done in robotics and computer vision and has put together a new mobile phone that will put this new technology to use. The current prototype is a 5-inch phone, it can track full 3D motion of the device while simultaneously mapping the environment. Sensors allow the phone to make over a quarter million 3D measurements per second. It updates its position and orientation in real time. The technology is not much different from what the NASA Exploration Rover used to map the surface of Mars. It has a four megapixel camera it includes APIs to provide position, orientation, and depth data. And right now it runs on Android. Well, maybe this thing could also help with people that have maybe impaired hearing or impaired sight as well. Yep, that's one of the things that Google foresees for this device. That that's one of the, re one of the things it can be used for. And this device actually takes no more power to run than a current smartphone does. Cool. Some of the apps for this device that have already been developed, one displays a distance heat map on top of what the camera sees. So you can get that information as well as see it, what it is uh, recording from. Another is able to view the surrounding area, 
Map out paths of movement down to 1% accuracy and then plot that onto an interactive 3D map. Another is able to capture a 3D model of a scene in real time and draw it on the display in 3D as you move the device around the room. Amazing. So, yeah, that's, that is pretty... Amazing that, where we are heading for, for with technology. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a big jump. Some of the ideas Google foresees for this device are truly amazing. Yeah, here are some of the quotes that they're throwing around the industry. What if you could capture the dimensions of your home simply by walking around with your phone before you went furniture shopping? Or what if directions to a new location didn't stop at the street address? What if you never again found yourself lost in a new building? And like you were saying, Tiffany, what if the visually impaired could navigate unassisted in unfamiliar indoor places? Yeah. And what if you could search for a product and see where the exact shelf is located in a superstore? Cool. That'd be a time saver. <laughs> Definitely, with all the products they have right now. And uh, what if this 3D real-time awareness were applied to the robotics industry? Well, that would definitely make things more interesting. All of a sudden, the Jetsons don't seem quite so uh, impossible anymore. Yeah. Uh, imagine playing hide-and-seek in your house with your favorite game character or transforming the hallways into a tree-lined path. That sounds sweet. Yep. Imagine competing against a friend for control over territories in your home with, with your own miniature army or hiding secret virtual treasures in physical places around the world. I mean, this just is kind of mind-blowing. I just, not anything I would have even thought of. Well, as kind of a gamer, that sounds amazing too. I mean, being able to play games like that, that would definitely revolutionize the game industry as well. Yeah. You could be at the wall of China while sitting on your couch in your living room. Hmm. Uh, where are they on this project? Google has put together 200 prototype development kits. They're currently looking for professional developers develop, to develop apps incorporating the device's ability to sense 3D motion and geometry. They're also hoping to have distributed these kits by the middle of this March. So what's next? Google is still in the early days as this technology begins its transition out of the research stage. It's exciting to see where this technology could take us. Yeah, they might revolutionize like other smartphones too, just like Apple kind of did. I mean, with the touchscreen, I mean, that kind of puts some of the other smartphones out of business. However, with this technology, this might revolutionize also with our smartphone business as well. Yeah, all of a sudden my iPhone, my iPhone 5 is uh, obsolete. <laughs> Well, that's all the time we have for today. Tune in again next time for more topics on web development and design. This is Tiffany. And this is Rich. And this was episode number one of the broadcast Inspect Element, wishing you a smooth ride down the road of web development and design. This broadcast is provided by the WebD2 Club at NWTC and broadcast on the TC Campus Connection Internet Radio Station.